0: to
1: put on a hat my hair is messy <laughs> <laughs> all right we got sean and jason and anthony, anthony. Garrett is connecting to audio oh wow I like it i like, like it it was an anticipation this last month of how is anthony's facial hair gonna turn out and yeah. he's got a mustache and a goatee
2: <laughs> I was wondering if he delayed it by a week so that he could have some extra time to grow his facial hair. It looks like-
1: well, I'm going to say it's worth it.
2: Uh-huh. Big payoff.
1: <laughs> oh, Paul gave us a couple thumbs up on the...
3: There he is. Hey, what's up, guys? Every other hey, other Paul. time here. <laughs> Who's that with you, Paul? Oh, this is young Tommy in his PJs and baseball hat for some reason. What's he up? Doesn't want
1: to... What's up, Tommy Ricks?
3: You wanna say hi? Is that
1: like Thomas E. Ricks?
3: <laughs> um, not really who's named after or anything, but we are related to that guy somehow. Yeah. Four grandpa's a go, huh? Wanna do you wanna hold the computer? Come on, man. Sorry, he's there might be three kids who come out of their bedrooms tonight but Tommy was not going to bed before the eight o'clock showdown throwdown (laughs) you want to do you want to watch this or do you want to do something that's cooler and more fun for you Do you want to go play with the trains or you just want to stare at these guys (laughs) you want to stare at the guys okay
1: (laughs) oh Paul before we start did you watch the artist
3: I did watch the artist and I'm so sorry that I couldn't make it for the cussing and discussing of said artist.
1: Yeah, no worries. <laughs> what did what were your thoughts?
3: Um I actually had a lot of the same thought. I listened to you guys talking about it afterwards, also. I one thing one of my thoughts is Sean takes this to a whole other level (laughs) like everybody else is like dude I watched it two hours ago and then Sean's like yeah I've seen every silent movie ever
2: (laughs) so like I have a spreadsheet where I keep track of all the movies that I watch. and this time I watched zero movies between the artists and Bright Star so I had like the complete opposite I was just
0: saying no no instead of watching other movies he read all the poetry of (laughs) the
2: Like, nope, none of that. I really phoned it in this time
3: <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch like read every poem by Keats or whatever, but yeah, like I was I was just like I only knew a handful of the movies that you had seen, and i I was like, man, maybe it's good that it didn't show up like I was, <laughs> I was so stupid in comparison so yeah but i I actually really liked that movie when I saw it uh the first time and but I also I did. I had some like similar feelings to you guys where it's like if you go all out so you don't zoom in and you don't use these cameras, like, like you don't film in digital or anything, but then you go ahead and use sound, it's like, what the heck, man? But <laughs> so, And whoa, and sorry, non sequitur, but Anthony, you've got some facial hair. I don't think I've ever, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that happen ever. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, we're all excited about it. I I haven't shaved since last. I think I shaved that day the last time we met, and and you guys brought it up, so I haven't shaved since then. And this <laughs> is this is what I can do in a month.
3: you Johnny Depp. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. All right,
1: everyone, look at the camera and smile on three, two, one. Sweet. Good job, everybody. <laughs> Um, oh, nice Paul.
3: <laughs> sorry, that's my go to. I'm not very cool. Just stick out my tongue.
1: And um right Um so what are what's the view count up to on Jason's uh Facebook or YouTube page?
0: The view count or the subscribers?
1: Oh
2: man. Well, didn't didn't you hit a million views on one of your videos? I thought I saw something about that.
0: Yes, our very first video that we ever released just passed a million uh, million views. So, so do you that get like a exciting. YouTube plaque for that? Uh, not for views. You get a YouTube plaque for hitting a hundred thousand subscribers, okay. um, and we got that a little while ago. And then I think when you hit one I'm million subscribers. Right
5: <laughs> yeah,
0: jeez. I think when you hit uh, a million subscribers, they send another one. They send a different, specialer one.
1: Sometimes I watch Colin Fur's channel, and he does like he has like ten million subscribers, and he does like firework shows every time he hits another million. Mm, that's so, cool. That's fun. And he built an underground bunker in his backyard. Look it up. I also discovered another thing that when I'm working, I listen to YouTube um, videos that are Christmas music being played in another room while like a fire is crackling or something like that. <laughs> it's amazing. It's like, Christmas, like and then I have it on my headphones. I'm like, it's like Christmas music is being played in the other room <laughs> and there's a fire crackling. <laughs> Awesome so for all the listeners out there, <laughs> which is everyone on this. Pod, that's live right now.
3: Yeah, the insulated little group.
4: The videos that I play the most on YouTube is when Jana's working late at the at the emergency room. I um I start like ten hour videos of rain and thunder, <laughs> yes. and I just turn those. on
5: <laughs> Yes.
1: <laughs> Oh, and one more um, recommendation is Joe Para talks to you, or Joe Para talks you back to sleep. So look that up. It's delightful. (laughs)
0: That's (laughs) funny.
1: All right, and any other news and happenings besides Anthony's facial hair? Sean didn't read all of Keats. I did not. Did you end up watching it, Mayor?
0: I did. How? I. <laughs> I. Did you I pay oh, this, for this? This is my first note, actually, on my, on my page of notes. I had to pay for it, therefore, it better be good. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. You paid for this movie. So I. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. And it, you're right, Anthony. It was free. Had I watched it last month, but I was a procrastinating. I, I want to watch it like right before the.
4: Oh totally. This, I, I didn't. I fresh. didn't have any reason to think it would stop being free.
0: Yeah, for real. So I did. Uh, I did the standard definition version, which was <laughs> fifty cents, and uh, and I had some Amazon digital only credits or whatever. Sometimes when you. When you kick kick back an Amazon Prime delivery, it'll give you like a buck for free. So I was able to use that. Still cost me fifty uh, fake cents, but it was it was kind of free.
1: <laughs> so you were more <laughs> invested then.
0: Yes, I was. I'm like, this better be good. <laughs> I don't know what else I would have used those Amazon credits for, but it better be good.
1: <laughs> oh man! Anything else before we get into it? Oh, should we yeah. announce next next month's movie? Paul, have you had time to think about a movie?
3: Um, I've been thinking about a bunch of movies, but I haven't I haven't locked it down yet. I was thinking um that maybe we should do like a documentary. We've done like all narrative films or um and I was also thinking we've also done like all live action stuff where we could do like a or like a cartoon. I, I, I figure I, I felt like Anthony may I don't know how it got you guys have just done like these really like highbrow picks, and I was, and I was We're like, trying to impress each other. That's I know. Right. I like, well, well. So what I was thinking, I was like, should we, should we go down like the Bill Murray like, nineteen eighty three like some B plus like or C plus B one or like, uh, like one of those that to be as good as it is, it has to be really good, but they never get any type of like like a like a hot rod or something like that you know it's such just, a like, good
5: movie
6: like
3: i like i will watch this and love this thing but it's not going to be up for any awards anyway i don't know so i haven't it's, i if anyone's gonna change up change it up it's gonna be you so oh, whatever you want. Yeah. well I, but i feel like i mean like for, like anthony has kind of opened that up to it it's like hey here are five guys who sort of know each other and sort of don't. We're going to watch like a romantic, like, two hours. Like, <laughs> and, to, and then we're going to sit around and talk. Like, I, like, it's a very, like, intimate, like, vulnerable, like, I mean, yes. these, are, these are conversations you got to have with people who really love you because this is, <laughs> that was an intense little watch, Anthony. I was, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised, but I was still surprised.
2: I had so many notes on this one that I'm like, maybe I should talk to my therapist and not go to movie <laughs> club about this. You
3: know? That's exactly what I thought. I was like, I, I, I'm, I feel pretty comfortable because I don't think this will go beyond these five people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, in so that sense, so, it feels really good. But at the same time, I was like, wow, this is. Anthony turned it up to eleven. Here we go. yeah. <laughs> okay. So. But uh, so, oh, think about it. You don't have to, uh,
1: maybe at the end you can announce.
3: Yeah, I'm just gonna announce it the day before and
1: uh... (laughs) make (laughs) everyone pay four (laughs) dollars. Everyone,
5: so it should be (laughs) good.
3: You want to get down now? Are you
5: done?
3: Oh, you want to play with my watch? Okay. Um.
1: Oh, yes. Not time I don't know for- Anthony uh,
4: everybody's <laughs> I could tell by your text I could tell by your text reaction that I was like oh no I ruined this for Chad I don't
1: know <laughs> well, okay, my experience was Rachel hated every second of it for, for whatever reason and same with Karen and she just like railed on it afterwards and um, I was just like laughing but I couldn't help to not agree about all the points that she brought up. It was, it was pretty fun. It was a fun. And the, the first, first point, oh, where did Anthony go?
0: Like, I'm sorry, sorry, I, 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 I pressed press press
1: it. I'm out of here. I did. Um, <laughs> so we're home. So homeschooling all the kids. And like the first week of school, Rachel has this curriculum. And my 10 year old was supposed to read The Invincible Microbe. And which is a fun pandemic book during a pandemic. It's about <laughs> it's about uh, tuberculosis or consumption. Which consumption. is what the Bright star guy the Bright Star guy had, Keats had and his brother and and so I know all about the history of it and how deadly it was. And I'm like and right when he started coughing, I'm like, Oh no, he's got the consumption. <laughs>
5: <Nothing> <laughs> he's right. a goner.
1: He's a goner. So that was it.
3: I <laughs> might have to move to somebody else's notes now. <laughs> that was the depth of, but well okay. So like, may I ask like Anthony, I feel like you should, you don't have to defend anything. So. <laughs> but can you tell us like what was passing through the synapses? As you were like, Hey, this is the one we're going to watch this time around I'm imagining multiple
4: <clears throat> deep
3: thoughts. So,
4: yeah, no, I, I said a little bit last time that I like every different like uh, movie viewing thing lets you sort of see like if you like this, then you like this. And so I was just going through a bunch of like my favorite movies Um, and I was I was trying to pick. I was trying to pick something very different than what we've watched so far Um, and like my. My head kept going to. Um, my kids are coming in to say goodnight. Real fast. Sorry. Connect, sweetie. Yeah. Love you. Um, I. My most of my favorite movies are really slow. Like the the uh, most of all the thing that. Um, it's, it's just mostly about the cinematography. Um, a lot of my, like Terrence Malick's movies are often among my favorite movies. Um, he had one called it a hidden life that came out last year. That's three hours long. And it was just, but to me, it was just like a stunning, stunning movie. <laughs> um, uh, and so, uh, I don't know what made me pick this eventually, uh, for everybody other than s- some of the things that have been talked about, um, it it's also the fact that it was made by a, a female f- filmmaker um, and the way that the story focuses on Fanny Braun. I thought that I think that's really interesting in a biopic about about John Keats. Um, and then yeah, I just, I just think it's a beautiful film and so I was like, you guys can. Sit here and look at these pretty pictures with me for a few hours. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was pretty. It was under-saturated, but all the flowers and the forests and it was, it was, they did a lot of just nature and walking through fields and didn't spend a lot of time in the winter. But it was pretty dark, too. It seemed like it was a bunch of natural light inside these 1800-style cold houses I yeah. just felt cold watching
3: it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, which man. is totally appropriate, right? like that's the light that you actually have, like
0: yep, yeah, right. good should should we watch the trailer?
1: Oh, yeah, man. oh yeah, share your screen, mayor. let's watch
0: it right. where poetry
6: <laughs> in a world <laughs> <laughs> all right. I had such a dream last night I was floating above the trees With my lips connected to those of a beautiful figure Whose lips? Oh, he really liked me mr keats knows he cannot like you he has no living and no income he was a dreamer have you got john keats's poem book? my sister has met the author she wants to read it for herself to see if he's an idiot or not
3: she was a realist
6: all i wear i've sewn and designed myself him out poet got to do a bit of writing. My stitching has more merit and admirers than your two scribblings put together. And I can make money from it.
3: But every word he wrote inspired the rapture of first love.
6: A thing of beauty is a joy forever. Its loveliness increases. It will never pass into nothingness.
3: This fall... From Academy Award winner Jane Campion comes a romance that would live forever. I get anxious if I don't see her.
6: When I don't hear from him, it's as if I've died. As if the air is sucked out from my lungs. Mr. Keats is very brilliant. Is it successful? You taught me to love. You never said only the rich. I must warn you the tribe that you're walking into, John. You'll lose your freedom permanently. For what? You are the source of so much gossip apparently there is nothing I can do to persuade you of the gravity of the situation we must cut the threads no, I can't I never will you know I would do anything it is a game, it is a game to her ah. there is a holiness to the heart's affection you know nothing of that
0: based on the true story of a brilliant poet and the bright star who was his shining light.
6: I almost wish we were butterflies and lived but three summer days. Three such days with you I could fill with more delight than fifty common years could ever contain
5: It was
1: good. It was good, Anthony. I liked it. Alright.
4: Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Watch I'm glad that. I watched it. That's all. <laughs> I'm not gonna watch it again, like ever. But I'm glad I watched it. <laughs> I read the Wikipedia on John Keats afterwards, and there's nice. so much more interesting things that they could put in. Like, why was he poor? There's like this 800-pound inheritance that someone's the lawyer stole from him. They could, they could have like, they could have made a plot.
4: <laughs> could have been an action flick.
1: It could have had a story.
2: <laughs> no, that was, that was one of the things that kind of bugged me about the movie at first was that like there was no plot. But the thing that kind of tied it together for me, there's that scene where he talks about a poem being like jumping in the lake and you're not immediately trying to sort out the lake, but like experiencing being in the lake. And it's like, okay, that's what this movie is trying to do. Like you're not trying to figure out the plot. You're just like, living in this world and experiencing this romance that they're in for two hours or whatever, you know? So when I look through it through that view, I like it a lot more than before I thought about it that way.
1: That was my favorite line of the movie, jumping into the lake. He's like, and then I thought about it afterwards. I'm like, but when I jump to a lake, I got to get out real fast. Cause it's always really cold. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that, that's interesting. <laughs> Right, because that's a metaphor, but that's interesting, that's, that's your experience, Chad, because one of my favorite things is to like swim in a cold lake for a long time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I just like jumping. Jumping is the best part. And then you get out, and then you jump again. <laughs> uh,
4: it, it's that's funny uh, to hear you guys talk about the plotlessness, because... Um, that's almost something that I don't recognize because so many of my favorite novels and so many of my favorite films really verge, uh, not that nothing happens, but that it's, there's not like a traditional arc. Um, And so much of my favorite art, uh, that's what it is. And so I think it's more difficult for me to recognize, um, to recognize that in in a movie. And so I, I would have, that's not the the thing that I would have guessed that would have been your first reaction or whatever just because I wouldn't have even noticed it.
3: Well, yeah, if you say Terrence Malick is, like, your favorite director or whatever, like, people who are in his movies don't even know what movie they're in. Right, <laughs> you know, right. Like, Edited People, right, like, lead actors have been just cut out completely because he took these tangents and, like, these are interesting things. so.
4: Yeah, Adrian Brody was almost not in the th- in the Thin Red Line, even yeah. though he was supposed to be the lead. Yeah.
3: So, I I did not take notes, but I I had um what I thought was a really interesting experience with this movie because my wife I I had originally wanted to watch it with Steph and life happened and then it was
6: a couple days a
3: couple days before and i needed to watch the movie and so what happened is she worked like all night and instead i woke up really early and then my oldest son woke up early that same day and he's like what are you doing and so my eight-year-old son and i (laughs) get there right and so and I, which is which is really interesting, you know. Like, what are you doing, Dad? I'm like, well, I got to prepare for boys' night, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you Got to watch a romance. Yeah, well, I, guess, I mean, but it, but it was just it was just really interesting to engage with like that. But then, so here's my eight-year-old son. Hey, Dad, what are you doing? Well, I'm watching this movie about a poet. You know, he's going to be falling in love. And he's like, and then because he's eight, and because we do this when he reads books, we're like making predictions, like because his other brothers started to wake up and then they started to wrestle and we had to pause it at multiple points and stuff. And he's like, well, well what do you think is going to happen dad? I was like, well, this is, you know, based on a true story. And so my eight year old, my eight year old goes, Oh, in that case, I don't think the relation he like, he, the he said the phrase, Oh, well, in that case, I don't think it's going to work. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, if it were just a movie, they would get married and everything would be okay. He's like, but if it's real, that doesn't happen. Not all. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, what are you teaching him? <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, it just like through it, right? Because we've been socialized to think like, hey, I'm, it's a romantic movie. It, things are going to be all right, you know? Um, you you throw the you throw the diamond into the ocean you have children with this person but don't worry like when you die you get to marry the other person like you, like you just you go up the stairs and it's fine you know with the other person who you didn't share your life with you shared like 5 days with or whatever but but like he knew it he saw it coming down the pike and i that was a really really interesting conversation for me to like uh just be thinking through and dancing with and I really appreciated it. So.
0: Well, part of it is like, if it worked out, why would they make like if it? Why would they make a movie? Because that's just vanilla, right? They're going to make a movie about something that doesn't, isn't vanilla or whatever. What did
1: Karen think?
0: Oh, she did not like it. Oh man, I love this.
1: Movie. What were some? What uh, were some thoughts?
0: Well, I'd have to go through the notes because it, it's some of it's sequential, so. So we'd have to go through the notes. Please
3: go. Let's. I, yeah, I want. Let's hear it.
0: Are we jumping in? All right. <clears throat> One. Uh, Too much. <laughs> we already went over how much I had to pay for it. Uh, <laughs> British. I suck at British accents, so we had to put subtitles on for me because I hate British accents. What's funny is Karen sucks at like New Yorker accents, so she'll put on subtitles for New Yorker accents. I'll put it on for British. Uh, but actually, it wasn't that bad. Their British accents weren't bad, I guess, or weren't hard to follow. Do so you yeah, have that was any good.
3: idea whether uh, the the Friends Mr. Brown's Scottish accent is accurate or not? This is an American guy being Scottish, right?
0: Yeah, well, I I assume he's American because
4: Paul Schneider is American and Abby Cornish is Australian, I think, or she she's either Australian or American.
1: So that's why the British was easy for me. Hold on, hold on, before I forget, I looked her up on IMDb and like her bio said she's a rapper and actress, (laughs) and so I went down a rabbit hole of listening to her rap, and it was amazing.
0: Was it good?
1: No. Was it, what was it like? I mean, she's a rapper. I don't know. She just have to go. Okay, that you need rampant. to look
0: it. You need to look it up because we should. I, I, no, we should I went, no, no, no. Play oh, it right for now? here in a bit. That's,
1: yes, that's just something for. Oh my, my gosh! At home to look up.
3: I'm gonna. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna look it right up. The place I remembered her for was the. Oh, man, the guy who did In Bruges, like there was... A, three billboards, outside yeah, three of billboards. Yeah, Three Billboards. Yeah, that's the only thing I'd seen her in before. Yeah, that, and she plays kind of a tragic figure there too. Or Yeah, of- she...
2: Not to jump on a different movie, but she felt really miscast to me in that one because it's like she... Uh, is so much younger than her husband and they never explain like where she came from and why she has this accent she's just there mm-hmm. and so having seen this i'm like oh maybe it's just because somebody watched this movie and really liked her and wanted to put the, put her in their movie too yeah, i wondered and about I'm okay with that. In
3: that other one because i was like that's you, you kind of have to explain a an accent like that in the deep south of it right like, it, mm-hmm. like yeah how does it just happen so
4: yeah she play she plays an american in a movie called a good year um, which is the first movie that I saw her in? But...
3: Okay, sorry, Jason. Back to your your notes. Your sequential. Uh, let's see. Her
0: outfits were were pretty crazy, especially up front. But then eventually they they seemed toned down, and maybe that was just her, you know, trying to uh, appeal to him more than uh, more than her own styling. It seemed like they got more muted as it, as it went. But at the first, that one outfit, oof, it
3: was crazy. Well, and did we feel like that was her That was her poetry? Like that's where she, like the muse would sing to her and she could like find her artistic outlet or something? Yeah, but I don't know. I, I yeah. thought that was interesting. That's
1: what she had in her notebooks and her drawings and her designs. <clears throat> I liked how Mr. Brown called her what a flirt and uh oh shoot i forgot anyways and i'm like yeah that's pretty accurate i mean that's all <laughs> oh, mr brown's right on on that one
0: <laughs> yes a G- speaking of mr brown all i could think was parks and rec
3: yep
2: that's that what time. i was just gonna say Brand Anowitz. <laughs> He's the worst character in Park and Rec. And so he just <laughs> couldn't get over it.
3: And did he make it one season? He didn't make it very long. Yeah, he
2: was just the first season. He was the love interest in the... Maybe, was he in two seasons? I don't know. He didn't last long.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah, that was interesting.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, I, that one, the, her little brother's crazy tall hat, I kind of wanted one after watching him <laughs> okay. in a crazy and tall hat forever. Uh, I felt like the siblings were—it was weird. This the whole siblings relationship. They were like her servants at times, and then like—and then Karen pointed this out. What the sister? Uh, what was the sister's? Toots. What Toots? Toots was the best. Toots. She was my favorite of the whole movie. It felt like they. She, Karen pointed this out. It felt like they kept focusing on Toots. For some reason, like, they were they were going to, like, kill her off or something. I like, thought something was going to happen.
1: I thought something was going to happen with her, and then nothing yeah. happened with her.
0: <laughs> but they kept focusing on the little girl, and you're like, okay, well, that means uh, they're foreshadowing somehow. No, nope, it just they just wanted to show the little girl more. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't
3: get it. The thing I loved with the siblings is, like, I felt like Sammy without almost ever speaking – I felt like he was uh, in some ways, like a rounded character where you get to see him, like, all of his non-verbal stuff, where he's just sitting there taking it in, where he's older than Toots and he's like paying attention to his sister's relationship and he, um, he's going out to get the mail. Like I was like, wow, they, they did a lot by almost never having him speak. Still, so, so sorry. No,
0: no, that was good. Uh, let's see. There's shifty eyes. There's a part where uh John Keats. Oh, yeah, where his like...
1: eyes go back and forth the whole bunch. <laughs> it
0: was really weird. <laughs> um, I love how uh for boys club this is you know the boys club here we're watching romantic movies. Evidently, the boys' clubs back in the day was was writing poetry together. That was what they did. And
1: singing, a was... acapella. That sounds yes. fun. I'm singing, I mean, yeah. I want to get together and start singing with a bunch of bros. I'd
5: do it.
2: Yeah, that was like I would never listen to this music, but that would be so fun to get like 18 guys together and just make weird noises. <laughs> Make weird noise.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that opening talking- song of the opening credits, where they're like showing scenery, and it's got this weird duet going. I didn't think that was very pretty. I mean, like, we could have nailed that note a little better.
3: <laughs> I thought the opening scene where you see her like um, sewing, sewing. this yeah, the needlework, but it's like this super micro lens. I kept thinking of Gattaca. Yeah. Like the- The beginning of that, where you just see like the skin being, you know, Mm. fingernails falling in the hair. I was like, "Whoa, this is an interesting connection." I don't know. Doesn't have to be any deeper than that, but that was the the movie that I kept thinking of during the opening sequence. I
1: haven't thought of Gattaca in years.
3: Okay, next month I'll have to think about it (laughs) some more. Gattaca was
0: such a good movie. That's been forever.
1: Keep on going, man.
0: Okay, I she was the she was she was the pursuer she was like he was the gazelle she was the lion she was like she was going after him and it's probably because of the the poor thing which which will come up here in a second um but uh but yeah she was very aggressive and like hey you know i'm 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 i want to i'm going after you i thought that was interesting um so he's poor uh but has rich friends, I guess. like i I didn't understand that whole living situation, relationship, like he had paid a patron essentially that was really a big fan of him with a big question mark on that one.
4: Um I don't know that was that was weird. I mean, that stuff's just all true to life. Um, his parents died when he was very young. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, Chad was (coughs) alluding to some of this. Um, but both Brown and another character who's mentioned a little bit, Lee Hunt, um, and a few other of his friends, they just, they recognized and thought him brilliant, like very early on. And, um, and, I, and I, I don't know how that all came about, but yeah, yeah. they they wanted him to be able to be uh, a writer, because otherwise he would have been a, a doctor, a physician. Yeah.
0: And they they acted like that was the worst thing in the world, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um,
1: go be a doctor.
0: Okay. <laughs> go live out well, the rest <laughs> of your days working like a sucker.
4: <laughs> well, <laughs> right? I, I mean, they, they really believed in his brilliance, right? And, and so yeah they they did think it would have been tragic, not that someone anywhere in the world would be a doctor, but that this individual would be
0: no no that's that's that makes sense i I just don't like his his parents died when he was young like what what was he maybe Chad did the wikipedia research on this in the time that he was discovered versus they died like i don't know. I don't know. Well, Maybe he he thinking... well, he died when he was twenty-five.
4: Well, he died when he was twenty-five. Yeah, he did.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I didn't look up details.
0: I'm like, what's the story oh, here? Sorry. Come on. I don't have any details. That's all right. Um. All right. So so he he lived with Brown and and in the in the front parlor of Brown's <laughs> house. I don't know if I want to get into this rabbit hole. And then and then. <laughs> And then she moves in next door, which is actually in the same house. I'm confused. I'm so. Confused. I don't understand. This house has a bunch of apartments in it that Brown is subletting. I don't understand. <laughs> Sorry. So I, again, truly really tr- wanted to understand.
4: <laughs> so again, true to life. Um, it's yes. how they met. Um, and the house that Jane Campion uh, chose for the movie, they chose that house instead of. Of the of the Keats house, which is like a museum that you can visit now, um, because the Keats house it would have been like more cramped, like it would like the walls would have been thinner, like it would have been they were even more on top of each other um, in the in the real house than really? the house in the movie. Yeah, interesting.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of moving along and subletting and letting for the summer and moving to the city and moving back you just got to be in the story, Mayor, and don't fret the details on it. (laughs) Is that
0: Care Bear? Uh, That is Care Bear. Here, Care Bear. Do you want to say hi? No? (laughs) That's a no. Um, All right. uh, Kissing paper. Uh, That was some very intimate kissing of paper. I don't Uh, know if you guys noticed that.
4: Yeah. Sure. (laughs)
1: Um I love the Valentine though. That was really fun. Brown, Mr. Brown, Valentine. Mr. Brown wrote terrible. a Valentine? That was the best.
0: That's, that was so mean.
1: And then Keats got so upset, <laughs> like wanted to fight him. Oh. <laughs> He's like, it was a joke Valentine that I sent to Fanny.
0: <laughs> Do you love him? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's when, when he's like, oh, she's a flirt. She's a whatever. Do it again. Scottish accent, mayor. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, let's see. Well, okay, so he, he's sick, and he goes to this uh, house that is crappy or whatever, and then he goes wandering off to her house, I guess, and and gets even more sick in the bushes. Like, that was kind of, I don't know. Like, what? What? what, what? I want to ask him, "What were you thinking?" Like, uh, anyways, some sometimes people do things that make me angry. That was one of them. (laughs) Um, okay, so this one, this one's a little weird. There's that the whole butterflies in her room thing. That was uh, that was kind of fun. Pretty, very pretty. Um, but there's kind of I feel like there's an analogy there where she goes and she she traps these butterflies and slowly watches them die. And I feel like that's what she did with Keats. She trapped him in in a relationship that he can't be in and then slowly watches him die. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, that was me being mean towards him. It's heartbreaking. Or towards her.
4: Yeah, um, I, I mean... I, I do think we're supposed to view him as a butterfly, like this object of, like, beauty that, like, is very fleeting. Fleeting, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Mr. Brown's love for Keats. Um, yeah, I didn't, I don't know. There's a few, like, parts where he talks about it, but it's like, like all right well what what did you see in him if you like if you didn't see it before like maybe it was just focused on his 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 art versus his friendship i don't know that was interesting that whole the whole part where like basically right before he dies um with mr brown but anyways um
3: well do you think it it kind of drove him crazy too that like he had enough he, Mr. Brown, had enough training or whatever to recognize what was good, and it drove him it drove him nuts that he couldn't he couldn't lose <laughs> it like the the whole Amadeus and the other guy thing going on, where it's like, oh my gosh, like it kills me that there's somebody this talented and it's not me, you know, like I wonder about well,
0: that. Well, I mean, he kept him close for for that having. Um, frustrated him
4: you know yeah maybe well, he it, was his muse well it also it seems that he's conflicted about it right that like there's definitely jealousy but also like if he recognizes it so like i want to make sure that it that it happens that it's produced yeah. what was mm-hmm.
1: mr brown's big deal about Keith not just having a fling with fanny and it was he like jealous of that relationship you think, or did you think that Mr. Brown thought that Fanny was a bad influence and was taking away his genius? Like he was, why was he so opposed to Keats? I mean, he was going around and having relationships with maids, and he turned out to be a real douche. And yeah, I... just let Keats have a... I I mean, she's rich and he's poor. Brown would—he's not, not rich, rich though. She is more well off than he was. Yeah, and you'd think that Brown would wouldn't care because he wouldn't think it was anything lasting or serious, but I, I maybe it was just jealousy and that I don't know. I didn't understand I, what his. I actually was.
3: thought that I thought that was really interesting commentary about like, okay, so it's set in this time, where like, oh my gosh, if they were in our time, they would totally be able to get together and blah 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 blah. blah. But I was like, or would they? You know, like. Would so would socioeconomic class distinctions still keep them apart? Because that that is kind of a rarity where somebody out of a different class moves up, moves down. You know, like and so that was that actually had I, I was thinking a lot about that, like if it would have played out more or less similarly in the twenty first century, and I think in some ways it it probably would. Yeah. They do, I think they were just more open about it. They're like, he doesn't have money. You can't date him. Whereas other people would, like, there would be these coded messages that would mean that exact same thing in the 21st century. Like, well, are you sure his family seems so different than ours? Or, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. He he just doesn't seem comfortable around us. Translation, <laughs> he's poor, go marry your your other friend, you know, I don't know. That was, I was thinking about that a ton, actually. Sorry. No, that's
0: good. Um,
3: there's one scene
0: where she goes into mourning, uh, or whatever, and runs out of the house. I uh, just, Samuel, go follow your sister. I just thought that was hilarious. Samuel, Samuel, go, go chase her. <laughs> uh, Oh, at the end, I just kept thinking, "Who would write such a sad movie?" Oh, wait, that was real life. I guess that's one.
3: <laughs> God.
6: <laughs>
0: uh, so uh, Karen didn't like it at all, uh, but she still cried for it. So there's, so there's that. Um, anybody else,
1: did anybody else tear up? Did you tear up, Mayor? No. What? I mean yeah. I teared up in Captain America the First Avenger so I pretty much tear up anybody anytime anybody cries in a movie.
4: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dude, when, I, I always cry. When when, when
0: Will Smith yeah. cries, I cry. Right. According yeah. to according to
3: Chad. <laughs> well, what about the whole scene? I mean like, okay, it was powerful for me when she when she kind of goes into the ugly cry yeah. and she allows herself to <laughs> yeah, she collapses and she,
1: next to the stairs and it's just Brutal, but like,
3: breathe. but she says to her mom, like, I can't breathe. Like, and, and I felt like as watching it, like, I was like, I can't breathe. How is this happening? I have kids, like I have kids wrestling with me. I am watching it with subtitles because of how loud this is. I have an eight year old and I'm, I'm changing the diaper and I'm like, maybe that's why I couldn't breathe. That's not the thing. But it was like, <laughs> it was, it was a powerful moment for me, man. That was a, that was a killer scene.
4: Yeah. Death scenes are almost never uh, portrayed that way in the movie um crying is only, like the acting of crying right for actors is a big deal um but they it's very rarely portrayed in that way um and the thing that uh i read a few review i had never read a review of the movie before but i read a few reviews in in prep for tonight and um one of the things that Roger Ebert admired was that they didn't have like the cliched, like deathbed scene where mm-hmm. like the actor, like c- it's mainly a movie about her perspective. And so um, like the, the fact that we get the, that like that casket scene in Italy is like one of the few flourishes, like of the whole movie. Um, Cause most of the time it's, it's really uh, zoomed in. Well, and all of that almost you
3: could say like is something that she could imagine because it's like the view of god right like it's this omniscient like looking you know she's she has to do some sort of intellectual leap to even think about what's going on
0: so oh, that's good uh one of the things that we said was uh she did she, we felt she did a really good job just, act, just just she blew it away for acting like she was just she did a really good job we we liked it we liked her um i looked Everyone up the weather did. and
1: there wasn't any i mean no nope. i didn't really watch. i don't i didn't watch parks and rec i've seen episodes but i haven't seen the episodes with mr brown i guess <laughs> or if i did i didn't recognize <laughs> it but uh, his accent was like i wanted to repeat what he said after he said it just cuz it was like so strong <laughs> <laughs> but the rest
4: of them i i, failed, I can't do it but i failed mr keats <laughs> i failed john keats yeah, that's it i you want me him. to say it <laughs>
1: <laughs> i thought everyone did, did, a, did a decent job I, and then yeah i don't know i thought the mom was okay but she didn't really have much of a part. What was that scene? Was it Christmas time? Where they were all sitting around a table? That was a shifty eye scene, I think, where he just started yeah. going going nuts. I'm like, that's he's that's on purpose. <laughs> I wonder if there was like some documentary about Pete's shifty eyes and they're trying to like bring it to life.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Uh let's see. Uh the I looked up the weather in London and I compared the weather in Rome. It's not that much warmer in Rome. I don't know what they were thinking of throwing him in Italy and saying, oh, you'll be warm. You'll be better there. That's better climate. It still gets friggin' cold in Rome. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The
4: doctor was spit cleaning the cups. I mean, yes. I don't know how good the medicine was <laughs> at the time. <laughs> spit cleaning yes, yes, he absolutely
1: the, was. T- the cure to tuberculosis, but well, for a lot of people, was to eat real food and to get rest and to be clean. I mean, yeah. What was it? There was like the king of England would have like a it would go out and give the king's crown or something to a bunch of poor people. And that would supposedly be the miracle of being like, heal them. This is all in the tuberculosis book. But if someone received like the king's crown, they got to stay in the castle for like a week or two and just recover and get full meals every day and be like. Battle it. (laughs) And be like actually nourished instead of malnourished. Uh, and then that would then the, then like all these people that got the king's crown would get healed not because the king's crown but, but because they got like food for a couple of weeks and then body could recover <laughs> so i mean you look at him and he's so skinny and he's so poor and he's just cold and has a wet coat on I'm like oh man take care of yourself keats <laughs> just get, get some food
0: so true uh, it was, we felt it was really slow. Uh, the cinematography was great. But, uh, but, uh, like Karen was telling me, she's like, I felt like they made a movie based on the cinematography. And they're like, let's, let's throw a story in here while we're at it. You know, like it felt, it felt like it was the focus on the cinematography, which was great and fun. But
3: it probably extends the whole poetry metaphor thing where it's like. We're not trying to give you this linear plot. We're trying to let you jump in the water, Chad, and stay there for a long time.
1: It was like as slow as the second book of Mistborn. That thing was like a thousand pages of nothing happening.
0: <laughs> Mistborn 1, the best book. I love it. Still my favorite. <laughs> uh, Mistborn 3, I think, is good. Then the Wax and Wayne series is a lot better. <laughs> oh um, did anybody um
1: i don't know i just thought about the book recommendations that were given at the end of the last episode and i read the uh the um the book about the kids starting on fire what was that sean um nothing which to see one? Here. Oh,
2: um nothing to see here
1: yeah nothing to see here if anybody hasn't read it I highly recommend it. Second, Sean's recommendation on it. Oh, good. It was. I
2: was totally bracing for you to say you didn't like it. It
1: was great. <laughs> so I'm glad you did. It. it was so. Okay, so there's these kids. If they that start on fire when they get upset or feel like these emotions, and it's just not explained, and it just happens. But if you take that away, it's it's that upped the intensity or the stakes so much that i was like worried for like the main character's like (laughs) life and what was gonna happen with these kids and is the house gonna burn down and is she gonna die and all these things but then it turned out to not be about that at all but the way that it up the stakes on everything just like put me in a different mindset of reading or just reading what was gonna happen and then all these other things happen with like rich and the poor and uh, this person just giving up her life for this person that she idolized it was it's great i rec- i recommend it Sean.
2: it was great all right that makes me happy <laughs>
1: <laughs> nothing to see here a lot of swears though
3: mm-hmm <laughs> Oh, that's actually have- something we should talk about as we're choosing new movies, but, uh, but also like, um, as I've been like trying to choose, I, I what I don't want is to be like choosing the, mo- the movie that people will feel uncomfortable watching. And so maybe we'll have to discuss that one too. Like what people feel, I don't know. You know what I mean? What, Anthony, you could have gone hard R. You went PG movie where they just kiss. <laughs> That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that.
4: <laughs> I I I watch a lot of hard R's. So.
3: I do too. So but but I'm not saying that other people ought to or need to. Yeah. So
0: I, I have a note. Oh, Post mortem. I wrote it down while we were when we were uh Chatting, I don't remember what it was. I don't know if that jogs anybody else's memory. Last week? No, just just while we were chatting just earlier, I wrote down postmortem. I don't
3: maybe I Like don't what what happened to Fanny post mortem? Like I thought it was pretty like the, the oh, yeah, I, note like hey, she wears his ring forever and then he gets to read his poem during the the end credit. I actually watched it all the way through just listening to her read that thing. It was awesome.
0: Yes. Uh, so Chad went down the rabbit hole of of John Keats. I went end up going down Fanny Braun's rabbit hole and, and like reading about like in her Wikipedia page, like what what she ended up doing or whatever. And it, I mean, after seven years of mourning, uh, she she came out of mourning or whatever and uh, rejoined society. I guess is how they put it, which is crazy. Uh, but then she ended up having you know, kids and another, another family or whatever. But I don't know. it's was just interesting that she, I mean, she fell deep for this guy, you know?
3: Okay. So I, I was actually thinking about that, like where, um, if you if your strengths can be your weaknesses and vice versa, is it a blessing on some level to, to fit in to these norms where it's like, Oh, Maybe I don't feel these high highs, but I don't feel these low lows, and like i like things can happen to me, and I can recover because i was, I was thinking like like the depth of somebody's empathy that you'd have to feel to be able to go in the morning for seven years, or the depth of empathy, empathy that you'd have to feel to like somebody dies and then you start dying like you you're you're like the the actual air that you're supposed to be able to take in like it just that's not happening for you anymore like that, and then. As a group, or specifically, do poets almost have to inhabit that high highs, low lows space, or else you can't really be a poet? Do you have to have sensation? You know, like that depth of feeling, or else you can't even become the poet. I don't know, Anthony. You're the writer here, but it's it's something that I was thinking through as I was watching it, like because mr brown is trying to get there he's trying to fabricate the experience right he's trying to do the work he's sitting there he's like shut up close the door like we're, we're we're hard workers and then keats is like i'm letting life wash over me and suddenly all of this poetry starts happening i don't know
2: it to me it felt like the movie was really exploring like romanticism as a philosophy rather Mm -hmm. than just what we think of as, like, something being romantic. Like, a deep focus on emotion and feelings and nature. Like, those were the main things. Like, these characters were doing all these irrational things that I'm like, why are they doing this? And then I think, oh, well, like, this is the philosophy they live by, is this romanticism. Like, these are their emotions, and they're following that. Um, And it made me, it reminded, like, it felt really true to... um, how I felt a lot as a younger person, like mm-hmm. falling in love and things like this, that I don't really feel that way anymore. Um, I remember um, learning about philosophy and stuff, really feeling like I aligned with the romantics in a way that I just don't anymore. Um, so I feel like like to be a romantic poet, yes, you need to be able to chase those high highs and low lows. Um, but I don't know that it's definitely true to every style of art
3: um, yeah, and to be a romantic poet, is it almost did you have to die by twenty-five? Because uh-huh. you know what? Because it is um, all the musicians of our era who die at twenty-seven are they the the twentieth and twenty-first century romantic poets? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it almost seems like it.
4: Well, well I mean, Keats especially, right? And uh, I think did Shelley also die early? I think Shelley died young. Um but yeah, the the that didn't happen to Wordsworth and Coleridge, um, who were like celebrated as like these revolutionaries in art and politics. Um and then Keats, who's the youngest of the romantics, comes along. He and Lee Hunt, they're sort of um they love that poetry, but then they become disenchanted with their heroes, um, because they because as they got older, they didn't continue down that path. Um, they ended up embracing the, the the monarchy and everything a little bit more, and um, and yeah. So Keats, especially, right, dying at twenty five, right? He's like this Kurt Cobain, James Dean type figure in some ways.
3: Well, and it and it's really interesting to me what Sean was saying about like so. You're taking these classes on philosophy as a freshman sophomore in college or something and you're and you're listening to Elliot Smith and you're uh but but then all of us are closer to forty than we are to twenty now, you know? And like when I hear the music of when I was twenty, I'm like, oh my gosh. Twas I, but tis not I kind of thing. But at the same time I'm like, what about some of these bands that last what would have what what would have been the john keats at 37 like would he have been a guy who's like you know what i had tuberculosis i got out of it and i actually don't mind plowing the fields a little bit i i write in the mornings and i write at night but for the most part like of like my poetry are these lines that i'm you know what i mean like was that possible i don't know i just i just kept thinking about that like for those who die really young, that really is immortality because we never have to see what you look like when your hair falls out. We never have to see what you look like when your metabolism slows down and you start to get love handles. We never have to see what it's like when other types of things shake you to your core. You just have this, my brain's not fully developed and my heart already is. <clears throat> like that's, that's the time and that's the space. I don't know. It's not a conclusion. It's just what it's I was fun. thinking about.
1: You guys, we're having guys' night. Just talking.
3: <laughs> well, we, we should bring like a bag of Doritos next time, just so it feels like we're like. Uh, uh, uh. But, but, but dude, I loved going. We used the rabbit hole. Like, I loved that, man. Like, uh, like Sean, tell me, like, did you, did you f- keep thinking about twenty-three-year-old Sean as you're watching this movie? Like, like yeah.
2: It, so. watching it, I don't know. I feel like there's been a shift in me and like the way I view the world in like the last five years, maybe where if I watched this five years ago, I probably would have felt a lot of those feelings that I felt as a, you know, 22 year old or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, But going back and watching it now, it, I remembered those feelings if you know it's like, oh, that's who I was. I totally remember going through experiences like that. I remember feeling a certain way about a person where if they said something about a butterfly, I totally would have been up for going out and building a butterfly garden in my bedroom. Yeah. You know now I could never see myself going to that extreme. Um, I just i don't know I, it made me feel like I'm getting older. I felt. Watching it, like, I remember all those feelings. I felt like it was a perfectly accurate depiction of those feelings, but they aren't feelings that resonate with me in the same way that they used to, which was kind of a a strange experience for me
3: watching this movie. That's what I thought was so interesting about having a director who's not 22 making the movie.
2: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I thought the same thing.
3: You know, I was like, okay, so she, the director, obviously has, like, a deep love for people who feel like this, which I would argue a lot of people do, whether it is the first real relationship or not, it's the fifth relationship that just feels different than the other ones, you know. And it's like you really do feel like the polarity of the earth has shifted and that you are the center of the Ptolemaic universe <laughs> and every and it's like, what? Had this thing existed before? It doesn't seem like it did. And I was just like watching these people, but I was also uncomfortable because to me, I feel like my relationship um, that I hold on to is, "Hey babe, do you see me cleaning this diaper? That's because I love you." <laughs> like and the, like, um, you know how we don't have cool clothes because we haven't bought any new, like new clothes in a long time. That's okay, right? Because we're and and it's just like I don't know. It was interesting to see her um, her obsession with fashion and that he couldn't have cared less about that, but that I don't, it was, I don't have mind boggling conclusions, but it just made me think and feel the whole dang time. I should and I have watched
1: it like with you guys instead of watching with Rachel. <laughs> Karen, oh. and Rachel Karen and Rachel could have watched it together.
4: And me and Mayor, would
1: have, me and mayor could have just sat on the couch and I could have had my arm around Mayor. <laughs>
4: just, mayor are you feeling this? I called Big Spoon. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because um, I think this, on one level, it shows an immaturity in me, but also I just think um, it's the way that I'm wired. Like, I do just feel things big. Just like, I just have really big emotions, like really high and really low. And it's why I have a therapist. And um, and so, like, Is that why in a you're lot of ways.
1: Facebook I, right now? Because Facebook is a nightmare.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I mean that's definitely part of it. I mean the other part of it is just um, yeah, I don't know how to to disengage, right? And so uh, something like Facebook, I I just I would just do it all the time if if I have it, like um, I, in part because I I don't know how to just like experience it on a surface level, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, and so uh, I, I I did more reading about Keats than I had done previously but like for him this idea of like beauty it he he was trying he was searching for like something new because he had he didn't have like religious faith he didn't um, have uh, he didn't like the old uh, political uh, you know Monarchy system. His buddy Lee Hunt was writing a magazine, but he was much more political than Keats, whereas Keats was more artistic. And so, for Keats, uh, this he, he held this idea of beauty sort of really high as like maybe that's maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's the thing that, as people, we can aspire to to move forward as as a society a little bit. And and there were parts in the movie that I was really touched by, like the way in which beauty can be a gift or uh, or a solace, like when Fanny sews the pillow slip for Tom. Um, you know, little things like that. Uh, even though they were they seemed so immature in so many ways, they also um, knew how to show a type of affection that wasn't just oh, let's kiss all the time, but like, let's really care about people. And I I found that really moving.
3: Well, that's actually one of the things that I found really different than my more juvenile relationships, where it was like, (laughs) it wasn't like all the hot and heaviness of like, hey, you're a person and I'm a person, let's do this thing. It was like, let me write, It, it it was all the preamble, you know, to any type of sexual relationship. Which maybe if we think of our our lives as like a bell curve, you know, it's it's probable that things will be like that on either ends, um, where things slow down or things are not happening. Hmm. Do you know that Flaming Lips song? Um, I think it's "My Religion Is You," and when he goes through all these things, and he's like, "I don't believe in this. I don't believe in this. I don't. Be- I believe in you." I wonder if. That oh,
4: that's like. super interesting. That that almost sounds like a direct allusion to a Keats letter where oh what, I, I read most of the love letters that he wrote to Fanny. Um, and uh, one of them, he said, Oh, I used to think it would, I, it, he's really like, he goes big, right? He's But he's, he says, I used to think it was, I couldn't understand how someone could be a martyr for a religion. Um, I used to scoff at it but uh, I don't scoff at it anymore um, now that I understand my religion is love. And then he says something about um, he says something like, yeah, my religion is love and you are its only tenet. Um, hmm. So that sounds really <laughs> similar to the Flaming Lips song.
3: Yeah, he says like, I don't need, sorry, I know we're not supposed to look up anything online when we're doing this and I, I look <laughs> yeah, up my. the lyrics. But it says like, I don't need no religion, you're all I need, you're the thing I believe in, nothing else is true, my religion is you. Then new stanza, if being a Christian is your thing, then own it, friend, don't phone it in. I don't need no religion, you're all I need, you're the thing I believe in, nothing else is true. It like I'm actually like the Flaming Lips, I have a ton of their music and then I often don't listen to them. Like I have certain bands like that where I'm like, "Oh man, they're really good." can't stand them Um, but but, um but but, but, do you know what i mean though like where you 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 know you're supposed to like them and then you're like but if i never listen to them what does that mean anyways but but that particular song although i i feel like i self-identify as like being pretty religious um i also feel like uh Yes, I do see deity in certain things, but I see deity in people often. And I see in, like, the things that I'm most drawn to as far as my faith is often, like, the the imperfections that make me think about, like, like how perfect the imperfections are or the, I don't know, something like that. Maybe I'm still a romantic. I don't know if yeah. I'm. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I'm not, right. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure I got out of it, man. <laughs> Woo! I don't think I was no, I, in it.
1: I'm always on the surface level.
2: <laughs> I, I don't know that I'm all the way out of it either. I just think like watching it, like so explicitly portrayed in this movie, really showed me that I was really deep in it before. But I still see myself like Anthony talking about how he feels things like pretty big, you know, high ups and high low lows. Like I, I feel that too. It's yeah. just muted, I guess, a little bit from yeah. when I was younger.
4: Um, Mayor mentioned uh, Fanny's uh, story going forward. She held on to those letters that Keats wrote her. Which write the letters that are read in the movie are all direct quotations from those letters. Some of the dialogue too, though, is quotations from like some of Keats' other letters. Like when he confronts um, Brown. And says, uh, "There's a holiness to the heart's affections." That's a phrase from a letter to another friend that he wrote, okay. um, um, and uh, but she held on to his letters and refused to like let anybody else have them. Refused to like let them be published. But when she died, her children, um, probably to make money because he had gained more fame after his death, uh, published his letters um and it's really interesting right because he's this really celebrated poet but because we he died when he was 25 in some ways we we don't have that much from him so in um the letters that he wrote and he was a prolific letter writer um and he took it really seriously as an art uh in some ways they've come to be almost as celebrated um as his poetry and um like there, there are even some phrases like one of his letters to his brothers. He talks about negative capability, um, which comes to be become the lens through which everybody reads his poetry. Um, even though it's a phrase he only used once in a letter to his uh, like a private correspondence.
3: What um, a, what um, is what's ne- negative capability?
4: Uh, he for him Shakespeare was uh, the pinnacle of somebody capable of negative capability. But um, it's basically uh, the ability to 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 live and to write with without a clear answer, without um, with doubts, or um, or just the idea that art takes us to a place where it is feeling more than idea, um, and that we it's not like not like this place where we can nail something down. Mm. which is a lot of about what we've been talking about right the uh, the jumping in the lake metaphor that we started with so uh,
0: this brings up what my note actually was for the postmortem uh which which good Good try, Paul. I appreciate it.
3: <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I'm no, trying to it, beat you halfway, buddy.
0: It worked. It worked. Uh, no, but what it, what my note really was, was a, a point about uh, how a lot of artists do their thing and get no recognition while they're alive. But then when they die, it gets like rediscovered or, or something and they're only appreciated. After their death, which is it—it's sad. It—it it feels like I don't know. It, it just—I don't. It makes me feel sad inside that they—they they missed that opportunity, not just like to get fame or whatever, but to like actually double down and 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 be able to dedicate more of their time on that because then they would have that opportunity. But maybe that would soil the the art. I don't know. But it—it it just the the. Their art is appreciated after death. I hate when that happens, and and this is one of those cases, evidently. His his poetry didn't sell very well until I don't know uh, when when was he finally appreciated, Anthony?
4: I, I don't know like the exact dates. I'm not like an art uh, like a literary historian, but um, I I I think it was within the It wasn't like we had to wait until the 20th century. Um, yeah, like. And in part because of the the influence of this group that he associated with. Um, Because the other romantics, like, there are sort of five main romantic poets. And the other four all received, like, a lot of fame in their lifetime. Um, And Keats was sort of late – was the latecomer to the movement, um, uh, but – I mentioned Lee Hunt, who's I think like a very like side character in the room in one of the scenes. Um, he 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 was one of the 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 people who really made uh, Keats into something. Sure. I mean, in a lot of ways, even if you were celebrated, that's that's going to be what happened, right? I think an artist's hope is that they could write something so universal that it could be read for centuries afterward. And, um, the few artists that that's true of would never get the opportunity to, um, to experience that. One of my favorite, uh, clips is from a show that I've never watched, but there's a clip, uh, that I can send you guys later, uh, from Dr. Who, which I've never watched. Um, But in the clip, um, they've, like, time-traveled, and they bring Van Gogh to a Van Gogh exhibit, um, (laughs) like, in the present. And there's, like, a Van Gogh scholar that's there, um, and that apparently it seems like they had interacted with him at some other point in um, in the episode. But Doctor Who asks the scholar to explain the significance of Van Gogh and his work. Um, and, like, it's just this, inc- as like, swelling music, and it's this really moving scene where Van Gogh's just sort of standing in the background, like, with tears in his eyes, hearing how much, like, his work means to somebody and how it's meant so much to s- so many people, as, as, like, hundreds of people are walking through this exhibit, like, looking at his artwork.
0: Mm-hmm. No, Van Gogh's like a really good example of not being appreciated during his lifetime. You know, that's interesting. Now I gotta watch Doctor Who,
4: or at least that clip. I don't.
2: I can't remember. All sixteen seasons are having. No, that that show's been going since like the (laughs) sixties. You
1: just have (laughs) to watch the David Tennant Doctor Who. David Tennant's the best one. (laughs) There you go. Maybe a little bit of Matt Smith, Doctor Who, but you don't have to
0: watch anything else. Wow, how much Doctor Who have you watched? I've seen a lot of Doctor <laughs> Who. Do you, you see- remember this clip?
1: Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen the episode. Okay. <laughs> I have a Doctor Who shirt. That's how big I nice. am into it.
4: Nice. It's got all the
1: it's like the Abbey Road walking across the sidewalk, but it's got all the, the bad guys, like the and the and the um what do they call daleks that's great dr who okay (laughs) (laughs) oh anthony i listened to the audiobook of uh what this the story of your life or this is what was the yeah
4: the story of your life and other stories or something
1: so I, i read that whole um ted chiang book yeah the first one was good with the tower going up to Babylon and they hit the ceiling and then they have to tunnel through and they're, they're back where they belong. It was great. And then I watched Arrival, and that has a lot more details that they added to yeah. it. But this, the, yeah, yeah. it's so simple, the story, the short story, and like the mom telling the story to her daughter, and the daughter's <laughs> going to die at some age. It's just like, man, I was I was welling up several times during during <laughs> this, this. Like, oh, that's that's so sad. and so yeah. good. Like the story's yeah. fine. It didn't get into a lot of the. I thought the movie did the the aliens and that type of the
0: story I, better. I still need to watch it, so don't spoil it. Jeez, okay. good. Watch it. Well, you should watch it.
4: Future and, movie club, I don't
0: know. And, but,
1: <laughs> but I think this, the, the short story did the relationship between the mom and the daughter a lot better. But I think they could have incorporated more of that. But they did a lot of the same details from the story into the movie. The movie just added a ton. Right,
4: it filled it out. They're both good. The, the, uh, I don't know if you started his other collection the first story in the second collection
1: about the guy is, time traveling with the time gate. yeah is also is also it's also that time a time time amazing that 20 yeah, that's year a cool time gate. I'm like oh man yeah
4: i didn't think it was gonna end like story. that but yeah
1: what would i do with my 20-year time gate they're <laughs> <laughs> so good good job everybody good should we go back and do some recommendations of what what chad should read next month Hold on, hold
0: on! I feel like Chad like went like took our, these recommendations to a whole other level. Like, I read them
1: all; they were good. I started Lonesome Dove, but it's so long and so much so talk good. about cow wrestling and prostitutes, and
2: it's it's pretty. <laughs> There's dreary. lots of prostitutes. Lots of prostitutes.
1: A lot of like injuries. They have to like chop off legs or something. I don't. I don't know. It was. I was listening wow. to it. The YouTube has it on audiobook for free, and it's like 20 hours or something
2: like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I listened to it. I love that book. It's okay if not everyone does, but I loved it.
1: I only got into it a couple hours, but I might have to try it again.
4: (laughs) I hadn't heard any previous description of it, so now that I know there's cow wrestling, I definitely will read it.
1: Oh, man, these old grifters go into Mexico, steal a bunch of cows, and they're going to drive them up to Montana. And so many misadventures along the way.
2: It's like at the the very end of the Wild West. So it's like they're still trying to grasp to this idea that they can make a fortune herding cattle up to Montana, but, like, they're also up against this more modern world where it doesn't really always go like they expect it to and it just it has really really good characters that's why it's so good like mm-hmm. these old you know old army vets turned cowboys that are they just like texas
1: rangers they're, they're they amazing were... yeah
2: they were texas rangers yeah that's great
4: i ne- i never would have read this but the way that the two of you are describing it now i i'm gonna read this <laughs> yeah
2: it
1: was like i think it was written as a screenplay first and then he was working on it for years and
0: in the 80s he finally published the novel you you got him you got with prostitutes. Yeah, prostitute, I'm in.
4: <laughs> hey, that's almost always in a Western book. I I read the complete uh, works of Cormac McCarthy when I was still at BYU, and there mm-hmm. there are a lot of cowboys and their relationships to prostitutes. So.
2: Interesting. I love Cormac McCarthy. This isn't nearly as heavy as Cormac McCarthy. Oh, I'm, sure. Uh, I'm sure.
1: So, Aunt, uh, Paul. It's been yes. an, it's been an hour. Yeah, have you settled on a movie for next
3: month? Uh, no, but I will have one. Um, <laughs> by I, I I really like. Okay, so this is this is the truth the, the truth of all of this. Like, I love um, not. I love that we're trying to get movies that we think the other people will like, you know, like Jason, like, I was not necessarily. No, no, no I know that. I you were doing the opposite. You're, we had a bunch of Y chromosome heavy movies. Like, right. No. Right. Okay, okay. But Jason, but Jason like fully says, he's like, haven't met a Marvel movie that I haven't liked, you know? And then like, <laughs> and then he chooses the artist, which I think is really interesting. Cause we're like trying to appeal to each other. Um, and so, and so I, I kind of like the idea that, Hey, let's try something that just we haven't done yet, you know, like, um, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards some documentaries. There's this one, I can't remember what it's called. And if anybody's seen it, then we don't need to watch it again, but it's about these, um, like these, it's a triplet brothers. Do you know this movie? I've seen
2: that. It was good. I'd watch that again.
3: Okay. I've only seen it once and it's just three, three identical strangers. I think it's called, right? Okay. I think that's right. I think that's right. I'll see if it's streaming somewhere. Um, but they don't know that the other people exist, and then they do, and it's a documentary. And it takes
2: some really oh, weird cool. turns too. Like it's really engaging for a documentary.
3: Yeah, so that one I thought was really interesting. Um, but I thought also like Anthony, so you you introduced gender for us, but we've also watched like pretty white movies, I would say, <laughs> the white Judeo-Christian movies, and like we might push against that a little and and then we can also have some movies with Marvel explosions and I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that too. So, uh, so long answer to your short question, Chad. Nope. Don't, you know, I don't know yet, but I'm
1: well, in case, well, so Rachel picked a movie. So she's been watching all these movies and she's like, yeah, uh, we need to watch this movie. And it was uh, home for the holidays, 1995 directed by Jodie Foster with Holly Hunter, Robert Downey jr. Um, it's amazing. The first really? the first five to ten minutes is a completely different movie, and then all of a sudden it gets to like she's home for the holidays. Yeah, and it's it's great. So it's a Thanksgiving movie. If you haven't seen it, it's really good. Home for the holidays, and it's, it's we can...
0: really nineties.
1: No, but that's we don't have to discuss that one. But I think oh, no, everyone should watch it, anyways
0: no 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 you should paul do not let
1: chad rachel
0: pick the movie for you yeah don't let let that happen
3: i recently watched uh that little series where um david letterman is yeah his newest thing do you know what i'm talking about yeah he he had one with robert downey and he was talking about that movie specifically actually where it's like when he was deep into his drug world where jody foster was like hey buddy like, you're kind of blasted on this take. Like, we need you to get it together and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. But that's my only connection to that movie. I haven't seen it before.
1: Uh, yeah, I won't say anything except for the ant is my favorite. <laughs> Thanksgiving, okay. Thanksgiving dinner at the ant. It's a lot of family dynamic stuff
0: and um, really good. That's all. Uh, Paul. You, yes. You started out down the film
3: path yes i'm a failed film major guys like that (laughs) right i never i never i never became that thing Uh,
0: but but in the you you talked about how we had all picked narratives uh you had mentioned documentaries what other
3: yeah well, well i was thinking even just the idea that um like so if we if we go the the documentary route, it could be about people, but it could be about like an issue, like just something, you know, unpacking some political moment or or but we've we've also done like all live action where we could have a Wallace and Gromit thirty minutes of just seeing what they do or like a Miyazaki Anthony will love it. They're all really
4: slow. Like, yeah, pretty. <laughs> I love Miyazaki's movies. Um, yeah, and so, oh uh, well, yeah. That, that that I I'm about to stop my subscription to it. But if you want to get HBO Max, the reason to do it is all of the Miyazaki movies are available, and that's uh, okay. That's a sweet reason to get HBO. Max What's your Max. favorite one,
1: Anthony?
4: Um, what, uh, what was that one? The
3: that's not your favorite. You can't even think of it.
5: <laughs> I've only seen two. No, I, no,
1: no I mean Princess Mononoke. Princess
4: Mononoke. I really like Princess Mononoke, but the the one older than that, um where there's like the big beetles um that oh, like yeah. move across the toxic desert.
1: Uh Oh, where they have the um and there's a bunch of like Dust or what is like Spores or something like
4: that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I
1: can't remember the
4: name. It, That's a good one. It's it, One of those two. I, I really like those two a lot. But I like, I mean, those those are both kind of more grown up uh, of his movies. I, I like the more recent ones that are really, really aimed at kids, too. Totoro is so, like, my kids have, I've listened, my kids have watched Totoro <laughs> in, band, in our car. In the car, yeah. Like, still... <laughs> so many times yes,
5: yep.
4: i I've, i like <laughs> like totoro is just like playing in my head constantly uh-huh. but at least the dialogue of it I yeah. but kids
3: kids movies are some of my favorite you man so. i love
2: i love when yeah, ponyo's yeah. the one in our house oh, i always yeah. have the ponyo ending credit Pony song Pony, in my
4: yeah. yeah. head <laughs> totally oh
1: what did i watch so my, my niece is seventeen or eighteen and she has an Instagram and one of her Instagram stories is how much she loved Enola Holmes on Netflix. Mm, and so mm. I watched it with Rachel over a couple of days and we we're thinking like maybe it'll get better. And never do and, and we decided it wasn't for us. It was for like seventeen <laughs> year old girls.
4: <laughs> Netflix is really they know who's watching their movies and that's why so many of like their biggest films are like teenage character driven is because a lot of their viewers are teenagers it's
1: like why is 11 talking to the camera so many times
5: <laughs> mm-hmm. do
1: you, you have to break the fourth wall like every scene and like uh,
2: did you watch yeah. it sean carrie watched it with phoebe so i saw maybe a half hour of it and yeah there's no fourth wall in that movie it and just why doesn't is
1: superman sherlock holmes and why does he talk so quiet and he's like the worst sherlock holmes i've ever seen because it's fun <laughs> don't watch it i don't recommend that
2: <laughs> um so when i was looking through imdb i didn't spend a lot of time on bright star i was looking at the movies that ben wishaw was in or however you say his name Keith. yeah um, that's how you say it. um so the two like well, i guess three movies he was the voice of paddington in the new paddington yeah. mm-hmm. movies which if you haven't sure. seen are fantastic yes, paddington for kids 2 is amazing i love Paddington yeah 2. paddington too especially we Saw that in the theater great the, and then the oh other man, one that he's
1: so good. They're in the, the, the other one he was scenes. in oh, it's so, so good. <laughs> with
2: the the pink jail uniforms it's great <laughs> um but yeah the other movie that he was in that was definitely not a kid's movie was the lobster
4: oh i like
2: the most the greek director but yeah he was the I, man in that
3: movie it's I so really, good
4: i really like that director a lot <laughs> His uh-huh. so
3: did, you the, yeah. did you see the did you see the what's the other okay so there's a lot the favorite the
2: killing of a sacred deer killing of the
3: sacred deer where the kid from May yeah 90s? i went
2: holy freak i went and saw that in the theater <laughs> there were like five freak. people in the theater and when it ended and we all stood up the lady that was sitting close to me just looks and she's like did you understand any of that Oh, <laughs> like, <dude>. kind of <laughs> Well, I feel but like, not really. like,
3: but you feel like your whole body is just getting dragged across like a cheese grater for uh-huh. two and a half hours where you're like, <laughs> oh, that's what all my nerves feel like when they're exposed at the same time. Like, oh! like
4: it's, it's
3: so uncomfortable. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I,
4: I love it when I go to like our, I mean, I don't do, it's closed right now, but when I go to our local like independent movie theater, which all of the movies that are shown there are weird. But, mm-hmm. like, when, when one of the people tearing my ticket is, like, oh, that's the weird one. I'm, like, <laughs> it's, like, aren't all the movies here weird? But I guess I'm choosing, like, the, the really weird
3: one. Oh, man. Yeah, that that director just goes there. It's, like, catch up or shut up because <laughs> here's my world. Wow. I think, yeah, he's going to be the – oh I, is he going to be Kubrick of a new generation where, like – People are just going to watch his movies like, yep, he's, he did exactly what he wanted to. And whether you like that or not, he did exactly what he... Like, you know, he got <laughs> out of his actors what he wanted. Wow, what a weird guy. I love those movies too. <laughs> that end scene in Lobster where he's just like holding a... Like a... You know what I mean? when he's in the bathroom and he's just like talking...
2: Uh-huh. Oh my gosh,
3: yeah. But, but like... No, the... something is a millimeter away from his eye. Uh-huh. Like whether like how he did that i don't know but like something is a millimeter away from his eye as that movie is ending like that that's crazy
2: the scene in that movie i mean i guess this isn't the movie club about the lobster but the scene in that movie that <laughs> that i always think about is like the people in this weird universe they have to have something in common to be in a relationship and the girl he's interested in has bad vision and he's he, he's obsessed with the idea that this other guy is in love with her and so he like goes up to him and is like opening up his eyes and like trying to prove to himself that the guy doesn't wear contact lenses and it's like the most intense like serious scene of him like looking for contact lenses He's like what is happening it's just yeah. crazy intense for this like completely bizarre unrealistic reason but like in this universe that you're watching it's like totally makes sense
3: well, of course and, he's doing that and okay Colin Farrell and Colin Firth. I can't ever remember which one is which. <laughs> Farrell
4: is in the lobster. Yeah, uh-huh. Farrell Firth
1: is uh, Darcy from Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay,
4: okay. Colin Firth. No, no, no. Never mind, never mind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Colin
3: Firth. Okay, okay. But like, here's this dude who looks like, like an Aqua de Jo commercial, like uh-huh. in the '90s, right? And then he's like super psych. just kidding i'm the best actor that you have like i don't know and- how that happened
2: my first my the first time i saw him was when i watched daredevil, with daredevil. Chad yeah, in the with the- yeah that's right and i
3: remember there's a scene where he
2: he throws what does he throw he throws stuff and he misses and he goes i missed i never miss and then me and chad just looked at each other and started cracking up because it was just so
3: bad <laughs> so bad and yet here he is this guy like I think he's an actor's actor. I think he like when he He's really good. He, he was does, really good
2: in, in Bruges. Yeah, has
3: been in lots so of good, good movies. Man. Like that, he, Oh my gosh, yeah.
4: That scene in In Bruges when he's going to take his own life and his friend is like hired to kill him. <laughs> but but he like he's like no, you can't. He's like hired to kill him, but he's like no, you can't kill yourself. <laughs> it's so brutal brutal. I
3: think that's Seth Meyers favorite movie for what it's worth it's worth nothing but I love that movie (laughs) 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 Seth Meyers is great Seth Meyers is great so that's actually how I get most of my news just no it's not but it's how I get some of it's how I get 13 minutes of my news every day watch his closer look oh man guys there are so many movies we could watch (laughs) So many movies.
1: Yeah, we could do a black and white uh, indie film called Francis
3: Ha. Oh, that's
2: such a good movie. So good. Man. I just, I a little while ago, I finished watching all of his movies. Yeah. Noah Baumbach. I went back and finally watched like his old really bad movies. And it's like, even the really bad ones are so good.
3: Yeah. I watched Squid and the Whale again. I was like, it's uh-huh. not my favorite of his movies. And I was like. That's really good too, and
2: Married. he just keeps making good movies. Yeah, Marriage Story. I mean, Marriage
4: Story. I cried. In stories before that. Oh yeah, good. yeah, and there's so many memes to reference now because of <laughs> uh-huh. Marriage Story. So. <laughs> <sighs> i was thinking too.
3: We could go old school because so Sean was talking about like, hey, I looked at all of these silent films, but you know, we could go back and watch movies that. um are not of our time then maybe to you, not- Paul,
1: just pick something that you that you want to watch and that you want us to watch and that we yes can discuss. okay
2: when when that's Jason just, was choosing he, his movie, he jokingly said Sharknado and we got really excited because even though it's a bad movie, it would be really fun to talk about. So I don't think I it matters thinking. what you choose. And, I watched it. It. Have fun talking
1: and about I watched it and no one else watched it. <laughs> Sorry, Chad.
3: Well, that was the rabbit hole you went down that time. It seems like there's one person per, right? I don't know whose turn it is. But guys, you really should check out that Flaming Lips song. It's, it's good. it's really
1: on this episode yes i think (laughs) uh, i I haven't listened to any of these i think i did you haven't
4: been sending me have you still been sending me the links jen no
1: they're on the you're on the episodes. (laughs) just go to anchor.com and look it up
4: but i don't get the little i don't get the closing credit song or whatever uh Mm. You put closing credits.
0: Should I be watching these, too? I mean, I'm living it. I don't no. feel like I should <laughs> watching-
3: I lived it.
1: <laughs> no, I haven't been editing these. It's just been straight talk. I haven't
3: been adding songs or anything.
1: I did do a Can new, I- what was it called, uh, It Holds Up, and Paul never got back to me.
3: So oh, that's not true. Did I not? No, I we I'd were going to do
1: song. a It Holds Up music podcast, me and you, and you're like, I'll get back to
5: you. <laughs>
3: Well, it's going to be really easy in the month of November. All of my students um, are doing their practicum experience where they go into the schools. So I actually don't teach in November. So I'm going to call you in the middle of your workday and be like, Chad, it's now or never.
1: <laughs> I, got some, I got some songs lined up that hold up and well, don't
5: hold
3: up. Well, so I, I, ha- I can give you a I, – I, I had a couple ideas. So when I was in seventh grade um, – the girl that I really liked, her name was well, it doesn't matter what her name was, but she. What was her was name? Really,
5: Full
3: name. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you during the the podcast. But okay. she was in. She was into Smashing Pumpkins, and so I had heard 1979, and I was like, I am also into Smashing Pumpkins because I heard one song, and they're pretty good, right? Okay, <laughs> so I I went to Walmart, which in Winslow, Arizona, was like essentially my only place where I could buy anything, including like a CD, and I um, and I saw. Like smash, and then there was like this sticker over it, and I was like, that's got to be smashing pumpkins oh, no. <laughs> and, and I looked oh, at the no. and I looked at the back, and the song was like uh it was it was i didn't know it, but it was Smash mouth. and I bought like oh, that, no. <laughs> that album and um Yeah. So I was thinking, but I'm not going to choose those ones, but that was like, like I, I had all, I had all kinds of like moments like this where I got to be like 13 year old me and 16 year old me and, Uh and eight year old me. And I, it was, none of that's probably going to make it into the podcast, but it was so fun to, because the, the songs that are so bad, I still really like them because they get me to be 8-year-old me or 13-year-old me or 17-year-old me just for like this second, you know? Was, yeah. yeah, except a great for
1: that was 16-year-old old me or 15-year-old me listening to Freak on a Leash with
3: corn. <laughs> corn, just watching the, mm-hmm. the the bullet go through every wall yeah. for like five yeah. miles or something. Yep.
2: After that episode, I had to pull up the music video for Carrie so she could listen to the bad beatboxing part. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. This is just <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I remember there was a this uh, this should all get cut out of the thing that nobody else will ever listen to but I remember there was <laughs> Forrest Whitaker Forrest Whitaker and the singer from Smash Mouth talking about their favorite music videos and Forrest Whitaker is like this is when I watched VH1 religiously, like in high school or something. He's like, corn freak on a leash. There's nothing, never been anything like it, and there never will be again, you know? <laughs> like, that was his prediction that this was just going to be the greatest thing that had ever happened to music videos. <laughs> so, it has not aged well, to say the least. Corn as a band, and/or right, right, that. Well, Paul's yeah.
1: just going to leave us all hanging, I guess.
3: Yeah,
2: and sorry, guys. I forward don't to
3: know. November. <laughs> So, when are
2: we going to do this again? I'm worried about holidays for the next two months.
4: Mm, good call.
1: Um, I'm not going anywhere.
4: I mean, movies can be watched, like, tomorrow. So, it doesn't have to be <laughs> Thanksgiving week. That we right. Do
1: Why don't we just do it on the 20th? November 20th. That is Friday. Unless you just want to do it on November
3: 6th. <laughs> I think I'm supposed to miss the next one anyways because I've, I've, I have I've think I've consistently been every other. <laughs> so I'll choose it and then not show up on accident.
0: You cannot do that.
3: And what then I'll be
1: those oh, yeah. slander. One last thought I had is that the movie I picked, The Knives Out, they had a death. And it was like a classic murder mystery death where that's not important. What's important is like solving the mystery, but, but bright star, they had a death and that was like the most important, like Mm. the importance that they put on someone dying in the movie, everything that I watch, like all the Agatha Christie's, all the um, murder mysteries that I love, like the, when someone dies, it's just like another clue. This is all, it's like, oh, someone else is going right. to die so we can solve the first murder or whatever. Well, yeah. Just waiting for some more people to die and we don't care.
2: I talk to Carrie about that all the time because she never wants to watch what I want to watch because it's too heavy. Uh-huh. But then she watches all these murder mysteries. Yeah. But it'll be like Murder, She Wrote, where it's like G-rated, yeah. but there are people getting murdered all over the yeah, place. they called it,
1: cozy
3: mysteries. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dude, my, my son, I a friend recommended that they're like these little two page mysteries and he's eight. And, he, and I was like, Oh yeah. And cause I remember reading those when I was a sixth grade teacher and like the students liked trying to figure them out. And if we have 10 extra minutes in this day, let's let's do this. I gave him this book. He was reading it. He comes out with tears in his eyes. Like dad, this one is about these five girls who get buried in this guy's backyard. Oh, and <laughs> and, and, I, and I was like, I was like, what the freak kind of horrible dad would ever give this to his actual son? And here he is. He is like, I'm in the Agatha Christie zone. I'm in the Knives Out where the dead bodies are just like the thing to get you to think about. Oh, it's actually if you just know your prime numbers, then you know where Everybody's buried, you know? But it's like, but like, here it is, this eight-year-old. He's like, five girls are buried in this guy's backyard and he and he just he just told me he's like i feel bad you shouldn't you shouldn't have given me a book like this i'm like that is correct and i am not like, i am the all-time worst it was such a horrible moment man it was like, oh, gosh we we read a lot of really gentle stories for weeks after that yeah. just, well, my 12
1: year old's reading like ender's game and all those foreign oh. books and i'm reading them like I think it's okay, right? <laughs> He's got I don't know He's in junior high I was doing Reading stuff like that In junior high but also- Ender's
4: game messed me up As a young person I'll tell you that <laughs> That's a great
3: That's a great short story though Alright or-
1: any, any closing comments On Bright Star? So everyone I liked it. it, right? Hey,
3: everybody but you <laughs>
4: <laughs> I, didn't love it. I, I I just appreciate um, that you guys would watch that um, like that you would spend it because like I know it's not for everybody like that's part of why I chose it but like um, it's a movie that's like mm-hmm. meant a lot to me that I've seen I don't normally rewatch movies and I've rewatched this movie probably five six times um, and uh, anyway I, I'm just even if it wasn't like your favorite thing ever and you wouldn't watch it again, it means a lot to me that you would watch it.
1: No, it was, um, it was, it was good. It was good to watch things that I don't necessarily like, but also I'm a completionist and I like to watch (laughs) things that I don't like. If that makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. I'm flipping through and I'm sick of flipping through. So I'm going to turn on Prince of Persia, Sands of Time
5: with Jake Gyllenhaal
1: (laughs) and I'm going to watch it and I'm going to watch the whole thing. And it's going to be horrible. And it's it's really bad. (laughs) Oh, guys.
3: Okay. This is not a... Anthony, you should have had the final thought. And I think you still should. There's a movie uh, on Netflix. I think it's called Wildlife. Jake, have you guys seen that one? No. That might be my... Well, it's got a lot of white people in it too, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a narrative. And it's a narrative film. But I, I, I want to. It's okay. There's check no it out rules,
1: that, Paul. You're just making your own rules. No, no, I'm cameras. just saying.
3: I'm just saying you should go seek it out. It's it's a hard, slow watch that um, maybe you'll like and maybe you'll hate. But uh, but I, I think I want to go a different direction. But check it out. I think it's on Netflix. I think it's called Wildlife.
1: I started watching. Uh, what was it called? Life Aquatic with Steve Zazoo. And that's great. It's got this like Brazilian guy playing a guitar and singing David Bowie songs. they so, oh, it's songs. so
4: good, Saint George. That's great. He he came and played that. I, I I missed it, but he played. He toured like only a few years ago, like to play those songs again. And then he he was here in Salt Lake a few years ago.
2: George. Yeah, I used to listen to that soundtrack. All the time when I would spray weeds, we would drive up in the mountains in Utah and listen to some Brazilian guys singing David Bowie songs, and it was great.
1: <laughs> you know that me and Paul were in the MTC together, and our companions like were friends, and we were friends. And Paul's companion went on the like on my mission, Posey That's crazy times.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first of all, because it was a lifetime ago, but second of all, because like. I get choked up thinking about when I saw you in the MTC, and I was like, I know someone in this world, who, like who is who who oh like isn't going crazy about like parting their hair and is just a, like a normal person, yep. <laughs> like, because you know there's like hey here are the commandments and that's pretty good. Guess what would be better? Making up all kinds of other crazy <laughs> stuff. No, nah! why are we doing this to ourselves? Oh man, it was like
1: eating lunch with Paul was like my highlight of the day because I was with Park for the rest of the like two months with Park. It was... Yeah, yeah. Posey was pretty cool, I think, Mm -hmm. but he he was pretty intense too. Right now, Posey is all over Facebook about Hawaiian independence, and that's all he cares about. He's a one-topic Facebook uh, user. He's posting about how...
4: Is, how bad america is and how
5: hawaii
4: should be is he
3: hawaiian yeah yeah cool man i dude that that but that's that's half our lives ago like does that does that trip you guys out
4: yes yeah. yeah. i mean the phrase that i've used with you several times paul is like our adulthood is now in adulthood right like yeah like,
3: oh man yeah see that's why
4: you like uh, the poetry yeah, stuff like that's beautiful that's crazy. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Regardless of the movie, we should commit to a date. Yes. I don't care. What What is the date?
2: I um, can't
1: do Thanksgiving week, but other any other week is is fine.
2: I'm gonna be traveling a lot in November. My parents are moving, so I'm gonna be gone the first week, and then we're gonna be gone for. The two weeks around thanksgiving but all of that travel is with family so i can probably just sneak off into a room and still participate so should oh, we 13th
0: 14th or something okay
3: yeah friday to the 13th we'll watch another romantic movie
1: <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do friday the 13th sound good for everyone
3: that's the best week for
2: me
4: yeah it's free on my schedule so
1: it's like that works the question is, is anybody else going to join in? Like, uh, I know that Jessica and Rachel Witt were Erickson.
2: So Jessica either just had or is about to have a baby. I know she was due like two days ago, so I'm not surprised that she didn't end up okay. coming. No <laughs> excuse.
1: What about Carrie? Is Carrie ever going to jump on?
2: I can't. I can't convince her to i just don't think it's going to happen i'll keep bugging her about it but i'm not planning on
4: ever getting her on paul we should lean a little on uh costello and reach out to him and see if we can get him oh
3: my gosh i love that kid dude
4: let's let's send let's send him a message or cody
3: yeah yeah cody we
1: can talk about the brazilian mtc with cody
4: you're you're the paul you're the person that's still kind of in touch with uh jeff too right
3: yeah um we're we haven't been good but like like every three years i'll be like dude have you heard have you seen this 19 minute video with tom york or whatever <laughs> and then <laughs> and then but but i wish i i wish i were better and like thought of more reasons to just like text people stuff like that because i am so glad to have reconnected with you guys and to have like this um these moments like it it's the coolest for me um i'd love to get cody in on that i'd love to get costello
0: i could probably get it would well be fun to it.
5: Yeah, you sure. should get
2: Will on, and the other person I was thinking of was uh, Jared Havikin. I totally think that he wouldn't end up doing it, but I would love if he did. I, it. I, Jared, I, saw him, I saw him like two years ago. I went and visited him and Lindsay, and it was it was great. It was so fun reconnecting with oh, him. So man. if we could get him on, I think
4: it would be awesome. And
1: Jared used to love movies too, right?
4: right. Yeah. Well, I mean, we all just, that's all we did, right? You come into my room and see movies with like boobs in them or something. Like, that's what you guys did all the time. Dude,
3: we watched really hard movies. I remember that, Anthony. Yeah. It's like a bunch of future missionaries like, when's the last time you guys saw American History X? Let's all watch it together. <laughs> it's like, jeez. Yeah, well, like,
1: Ransom and uh, Spencer and Josh. They just like, because they were all out there on the network for some reason. Yeah.
3: Uh-huh. That was to, crazy. I don't know how we could pull them in, but it would be interesting. So Paul Gabrielson's mom is in like the same department that I'm in. She does, um, She does research with people who are autistic. And she's, like, on the third floor, and I'm on the second floor in our building. We were in a Zoom meeting together, and I just saw her last name. And while other people were like, what are we going to – you know, and you can, like, chat. And I was like, are you related to Paul Gabrielson? She's like, I'm his mom. That guy, (laughs) he's done awesome stuff with his life. I think he worked for NASA for a short time. He's, like, a professor. I mean, he was always a genius, but – and I don't know that we'll be able to connect, but it was. Interesting I, I mean,
4: I, I'm just going like around the floor now, and I'm yeah, like oh, like, well, we we could get Fred and Kurt and like have like the general Authority sons like in on this. Well, we, just, we need to but, make sure to watch like the hardest core movie. Doing, like.
3: Well, but but like Ian Ian Pettigrew got a PhD in film, like in China or something like that. Oh like, wow. Do you remember him? He was there for like half the yeah. year. Yeah, the yeah, older he was guy. He right? in single room. Yeah, he was in the single room. Return mission. I remember that. He
1: That's was cool. Right. I liked Ian. I remember him being really hairy and me not being hairy at all.
3: (laughs) Yeah, he had like a post-mission body and all of us had pre-mission bodies. (laughs) He had like chest hair
1: sticking out of his like, like, oh man, you're like 21. You're so much older than I am.
3: You have to shave your lower lip and your upper lip and you're everywhere and we don't. Yeah, he was way up here on the cheeks with shaving. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, if you want to reach out to anybody... I did just a Facebook and then I sent Eric uh, Sayer. Uh, I think I sent him a messenger invite. If I didn't, I should again.
5: Mm. <laughs> but That's awesome.
1: That would be fun. Because he, uh, he loved co-hosting the, uh, the Q Hall podcast like five years ago.
3: Dude, those were so funny and so fun to listen to. And and so weird to try to make jumps in my brain where like people got older and people weren't 18 and people weren't you know concerned with dating and, and all that stuff. So it was, it was fun hearing about people's lives. I think I got a serious place in my heart for nostalgia as you probably noticed. <laughs> I mean,
1: well, what do I do? All I do is podcast <laughs> nostalgia for years
3: yeah
0: <laughs> it's all chad that's all i do <laughs> how many podcast series do you have going on uh just my mission
1: q hall uh it holds up chad and sean talk music and then the movie club oh and then uh-huh. sometimes i do uh reunion podcasts with uh, emerson is pain and sometimes i do uh a standalone Friday Night Lights Sunday Night Lights podcast with the Elms or the Woodhouse crew. Sean was not So, that. so seven. On. Seven so different the people. highlight the highlight from the Sunday Night Lights podcast was we tasked Sean or Sean was tasked before he could marry Carrie to prove her loyalty. Oh, gosh. To see if she would accept polygamy.
5: <laughs>
4: oh my gosh. Dude.
2: I, I did not Yikes. follow through on that test
1: <laughs> but you reported, and that's why he's married you reported that sh- that that you did though
2: <laughs>
3: I, I probably did
1: it was in the notes that success Sean succeeded or like oh that. man so that was like our we had a bunch of roommates that would get together for an hour or so every Sunday night and we'd have a meeting where we discussed our like our love lives or like what went well what didn't go well our goals for the next week our goals for for whatever and then we'd write detailed notes in the minutes and we have this notebook full of minutes from these meetings and so <laughs> we did a podcast where we went through like what was it like several semesters like a semest- like 3 semesters worth of Sunday night lights meetings
2: minutes I was only around for the last one. Yeah, so it started so with me started and before. my
1: roommates, and then we moved to a house. Sean got back from his mission, and then he was an addition to the to the meetings.
3: I listened to one of those podcasts on accident because I thought it was the one about like it holds up <laughs> and I just was like listening to it on my walk I'm like I don't remember any of these guys <laughs> like, like I uh, maybe they're from the sixth floor of our ward or whatever you know like I don't remember any and I just like it like 20 minutes in I'm like no nope, I can tell they're talking about like being roommates after missions and this is not the same thing <laughs> But I didn't want to stop it on my walk because it was either like listen to that or listen to like cars going by, and it's like well, this is kind of interesting. I'm trying to imagine who these people are. <laughs> I can't
1: imagine. I can't imagine it's got, stepping, it's got some... in, stepping into that conversation out of nowhere.
3: Yeah, it's got some serious like weird voyeuristic qualities yeah. of like what I was doing. Like I was like
5: that's
1: a deep cut.
3: This is probably not okay. I should just walk (laughs) away and let these people live their lives. (laughs) Yeah,
1: thinking of that, that probably shouldn't be a podcast out for the
5: world.
3: (laughs) I was actually thinking about that. Like if any of my students not that they i mean you'd have to do some serious digging to find this stuff though but like they'd be like wow professor ricks is an idiot you know like (laughs) he just makes dumb comments that never come to conclusions and then starts laughing when he's nervous or whatever so yeah weird stuff yeah
1: chad and sean listen to music things things too. I love that. Up. We need to come up with like a, another band to do a deep dive in.
3: Yeah, I listened to your Weezer stuff. That was good. And your um, Modest oh, Mouse? Was it? Mod- it was so good. You've listened yeah. to all of them. Yeah, I, I, I know. I, <laughs> I'm I, all two. It was good. Yeah, those are great.
1: Yeah, Modest Mouse is surprisingly good throughout the times. And they're frustrating
5: when they're not good.
3: Do you guys know? Do you guys know Built to Spill that band? Mm-hmm. I've, I've heard of. <laughs> I've, al- I've always thought that like Modest Mouse might have taken like their sound, thinking of Built to Spill, but I don't know if that's true or not. Because they're kind of contemporaries and kind of mm-hmm. not.
1: They're similar.
3: Yeah, kind of like uh, I felt like Death Cab for Cutie, kind of a similar thing. Where I'm like, I wonder if these guys loved Built to Spill or not. But...
1: Love it. Okay, so did anybody write notes on the movie that they really wanted to share? Because Mayor went through all his notes, but I don't know if anybody else had notes.
2: I have two things that are not important at all, but the two things that are still on my list is I said, (laughs) I, I wrote down that Fanny was a total Yoko. You know, these guys were just trying to write their poetry and she comes yes. in and ruins everything. <laughs> yes. And then the other thing I had was, it, it just seems like every other scene is somebody lying down in a bunch of plants. But I really liked that. Like, I kept being like, oh, they're lying down in flowers again. And then I'd be like, oh, but actually this is a really nice shot. I really like this. Like, that happened to me repeatedly. Like, oh, now he's lying in the top of a tree. I kept wondering, <laughs> That looks really great. I it's
4: such a if cool it... shot, but <laughs> yeah. it had to be uncomfortable. Like uh-huh. in a way, like yeah, it felt good.
3: Well, I didn't know if that was supposed to be his dream or not. <laughs> right, because he's t- he's describing his dream, right? Mm-hmm. So he's reliving his dream.
4: Yeah, experiencing this dream. My, so, my if it comes ever comes back around to me, you guys have got me thinking like. Oh they thought this was plotless. Like I'm going to like really gun for you guys next.
2: Time. <laughs> it's <laughs> totally abstract. And- oh my gosh. I one of the other directors I did the deep dive into was Richard Linklater. I watched all his oh, movies. Oh yeah. His first yeah. movie is called um it's Slacker? impossible. No, oh. before that. It's impossible oh, really? to learn to plow by reading books or something like that. It's like his student film and it is literally plotless. It's just a camera like fall so there'll be a scene where the camera's in the back seat and he's driving his car changing the radio station. And the next scene is him in the other room on the phone and you're just like kind of hearing sort of the other end of his like it's plotless. So if you're into that, Anthony, it's not a beautiful movie. It's a student <laughs> but that is the most plotless movie I've ever seen.
4: That <laughs> well plot i don't know that plotless is a quality <laughs> by itself like it's gotta like it's gotta have like something else going. but
3: on. the before series which were probably all plotless oh my gosh
1: also yeah some of
4: the best movies ever those are excellent
1: did anybody write poems because of this movie
4: i've been writing poetry recently but not because of the movie
1: you want me to send my corporate policy poem out
3: yes so, chad need you, need you that's, ask that's what I'm i've been working on it.
2: this month is i've been recording a bunch of music i've been trying to learn some new software and it's like i don't know what to record so i recorded new versions of all three versions of a corporate policy
1: what are they on soundcloud out. or anything
2: no i still have a little tweaking but i'll get them to you in a couple days sweet so that's that's been my big project well lately. that's maybe
1: the next podcast then me and you, and JG. And hopefully Andrew, if he gets to write in a corporate policy version.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be talking about corporate policy. I have no idea what we're talking about.
1: I wrote a poem called Corporate Policy sent the poem to Sean and JG and said, write a song with this poem and I'll write a song and then we'll compare songs. Oh, that's right. I remember you guys talking about that. That's what that is. I'm excited about Sean's new versions of the three different
5: versions.
1: Of <laughs> the one I'd
0: listen to that podcast as long as you guys debut the songs to each other in that podcast. You don't listen to it separately. Oh, they're already shared. Ah, oh, that sucks. Never mind. Hate it. Not going to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Hold on. Oh, what? One more thing.
3: Sharing screen. Oh, is this is gonna be cool. Oh, snap. Hold
6: on.
3: Wait for it. As I break some sort of
6: ceiling, I'm willingly really willing, but I'm always landing up on my feet. Like a cat can purr and i to spin some tops with you. Off with you, rocking you like a baby. Maybe we both could be saved as we age in the rain. Can you blame us for decades strain' to reach some limits? Push ourselves right in a One minute to hold your and I'm off in it. Come to kick it with you. Hold your hands if you live and giving, breathing and bringing.
0: There you go. You're welcome.
4: <laughs> I'm, glad acting, I'm glad acting works out. Yeah, <laughs> for real. for, for real. real? Oh
6: my gosh!
4: It's hard to like even square those two people. Like, yes, yeah.
6: I didn't
1: listen to the album. I listened to some live performances on on YouTube. That's amazing, there.
4: <laughs>
1: You're welcome. <laughs>
3: Uh, there's no better way to end it. Well, my, <laughs> cool, guys. I gotta go study the backs of my eyelids. That's have a it. good one, Paul. Okay. Send
1: out a text when you figure we'll out do. what movie, and then we'll put yeah. that up on the Facebook page as well. Uh, reach your feelers out to whoever you want to from the fifth floor, and hmm. uh, we can have more than five or less than five. It doesn't matter.
0: I, I'm wondering, like, how many is too many? We yeah. might. It might this might, it might be about be, a
3: capacity uh, as far as being able to actually talk to each other, right?
0: Yeah, but not it okay. might be fun to like get too many.
1: It'd be fun to get too many. Yeah, you get Jared and William and Chris and Cody and um,
4: Paul Gabrielson and Ian. Petri. I mean that would that that would be three that would be three hours just of catching up. We yeah, would, that yeah. would be. <laughs> not, it
3: wouldn't be a watching a movie. It would just be like, hey, we didn't need to talk to each other, and that'd we be. We
1: we get Dorian on there. Forget
3: get Rahul Patio.
4: Dorian's oh, doing his real estate thing here in Utah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I ran into him at one of the concert series things a couple of years ago.
3: Dude, do you remember running into Rahul? Like after mission, it was such a letdown. He did not, he did not.
4: I, I wasn't there. Everybody else told
3: me about it. Uh, what? Yeah. Sunny I haven't D?
2: heard this story. No, Dude, Rahul it, it, before
1: Sunny uh, D. Oh, it
3: was, okay. It was the saddest man. Like, like, it was one of those things, and I have been on the receiving ends of or giving or whatever—I don't know—but like where it was obvious to me that like he was way more important to me than I was to him, and I was like, "Rahul, dude, freshman year, like holy freak!" Like I remember, like you and Dorian were always going back and forth about post-colonialism and stuff, and he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, it's it's good to see you." And I was like, "Oh, boo! Like you were, like you were the best, and now you're the worst." And is, and, and like it's, and I and I just need to go talk to somebody else who loves me for who I am instead of like, this is not okay. And I, like, I, and I remember like walking across campus because I met him at the Cougar and he wasn't excited to see me, and we like, we didn't even sit down and eat whatever we had ordered, and like to sit down together and catch up. It was just like, "Oh man, well." I, I got to go. And it was the worst. It was it was the worst. And I just remember him being the coolest, and that was really sad for me. And that's not a good story. It's well, just I think a changed once he
1: moved. I mean, once he was out of the dorms, I remember going to his house and visiting him in his house with his Indian roommates. And yeah. He didn't care about us at all.
3: Yeah. We should also invite Joey to this somehow. He'll be in Denmark or Guam or... Who knows where, but uh, get him. It'll be 2 in the morning his time. He might be on a different planet. Who knows? <laughs> Not even on this one. I haven't talked to that kid in over a decade, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Well, I got to go, my, my buddies. See I you love guys. you tons. Until next time, we'll see you. See you, guys. Bye-bye.